You forget something? Let me say good morning to you if you are with us. We are so glad to have you. Obviously, those of you that are, there are some over next door that uh, looked like they were having a great time. Um, they were just all relaxed there. And so if you get uncomfortable because of the heat, and trust me, it's hot in here. Um, then next door, if you need to go over there and sit with the rest of them and watch it on, on the screen over there, we get it. It's nice and cool. But uh, if you're watching this online, we welcome you as well. I want us uh, this morning, uh, we're going to talk about family. And I, some of you need to understand Pine Island family. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of insight on us real quick. We enjoy having a good time. You ever been to one of those churches that when you walked in, you felt like, man, if I even looked the wrong way? I'm going to be in trouble, right? Well, this is a place that I would pray you could come in and feel very comfortable just being who you are. But what I also pray is that the experience here will be life-changing. Family is something that God gives us. It is something that we have because of the blood of Christ, the work of God, um, And family represents a whole lot of people. You have your immediate family, right? Then you have the extended family. And then you find out that you have family that you've never met. That's how the church is. Because we're not just Pine Island, but we have sister churches all around us that we try to minister with and and work with and do things with. And so there's a lot of things happening when it comes to the idea of family. A lot of times we're so scared because for so many years we held the title Baptist and especially we held the title Southern Baptist for a long, long time. But I don't know if you're paying attention much within the Southern Baptist life and I'm I'm not so sure that that's something that we always want to hold on to so strong because some of the stuff that we see coming out of the convention, it's just, it's crazy how things have changed. So what I would tell you is as a family here at Pine Island, one thing we believe in is we believe in the Bible. We believe that it is God's word. We believe that it is unchanging, that it is exactly what it says it is. The words are true. Nothing has changed. What has happened, we have tried to change the wording to okay the sin that we find within ourselves. But the truth is God's word is still perfect. So anything that goes against God's word, well, that's a sin. Even if it's within your own family, it's still a sin. I've been visiting quite a bit with Miss Betty Jean Arnold as her days are drawing near, and she's not well this morning. Uh, She's been in bed for about the past 72 hours, getting very weak, but I still get tickled at her. As I was leaving yesterday, she said, it's been good. (laughs) Still got that positive attitude, still got all that, but what I really get tickled about is her family. Folks, you're talking about somebody who loves her family. And I told her, I said, you know the biggest problem with your family? I told her this here a while back. She said, what? I said, you don't see anything wrong with them. (laughs) I said, you can't see any fault within those kids? And she said, well, they're mine. (laughs) And I said, exactly, right? Family, it's who we are. Family comes around each other when we have reason to celebrate. Family comes around each other when times are hard. 
family comes around each other when disease strikes, when people lose their jobs. If you're looking for a place to grow and not hide, pray about this place. Pray about this family. Because this is a place for you to come and serve. This is a place for you to come and be challenged. This is a place for you to come and and find brothers and sisters who are like-minded. I'm thankful for my family here at Pine Island. I am blessed beyond measure. And I think it's really neat that you remembered, Doug, that this was our 100 and what? 134th anniversary of being here in this area. Now, those of you that don't know, originally there used to be pine trees around this place. That is how, according to Brother Howard, who should know because he would be the historian at 94 years old, that there were once pine trees, and they said, let's go, and we'll call it Pine Island. And then that was the name of the area, and then this church was formed sometime after that. Because I know a lot of people get confused as to why are you called Pine Island. Do y'all not see the two pine trees right over here? (laughs) There used to be three, but lightning took one of them out. We're family. So I want us to take a good look at family this morning. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Let's stand together as we read from God's word. Yes, we do a lot of standing here at Pine Island. The good news is when you go home, you don't have to worry about aerobics. You've got it in for the day. Romans 8 verse 12 says, So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you are living in accord with the flesh, you are going to die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. Father, my prayer this morning is that we will come to a place of understanding that family is through the hand and work of God himself, and that if we are a part of the family, then, Lord, we should be obedient to the one that we call Abba, Father. Lord, show us this morning what the scriptures say about family. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. The very first thing you need to understand about the family is there has to be a head, a patriarch. God himself is the head. He is the one who has done the work through his son, Jesus Christ. And we know that the, that the Lord Jesus is the great shepherd, the good shepherd. 
and we look to Abba, we look to God through the direction of his son under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, but we recognize that God himself is the head of all of us. He is the creator God. He is one who formed us and fashioned us. And while he was in the midst of making Adam, he took that clay and, and he formed man and he breathed life into that man. And then there was no helper that was good for Adam. And so he put Adam to a deep sleep and took a rib And from that rib, he made woman. This is the God that we speak of this morning. The one who creates things that you and I couldn't even begin to imagine. You ever been to the Rockies? Boy, those are beautiful, aren't they? How God took that hand of his and just began to create and move things and make things happen until all of the beauty came. We're talking about a God that we can look to, one who is a father to us, one who loves us, loves us enough, John 3, 16 says, for God so loved the world, that's us, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. This is a good father that we serve. This is a good God that we can look to, a father who loved us enough to say, you'll never be able to make it to me, so let me give you away. And he gave us Jesus Christ. The spirit of Abba gives proof that we are children. Let's look at verse 14 and 16 through 16. It said, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. So church, let me ask you this question. Can we on our own think about all the needs that Pine Island has? Nope, impossible. Can we on our own think of all the needs that the county of Waller has? Nope, impossible. How about the state of Texas? Impossible. The United States, impossible. How about the U.S. government? Don't even get me started, right? We need the Spirit of God. Why? Because the Spirit of God that is moving us is testimony that we belong to God. My friend, if you say that you've been, I'm a Christian, all right, then let me ask you this question. If you're a Christian, how has the Spirit of God led you and moved you? How have you lived by faith? How have you walked with God being led by the Spirit? Well, you know, Brother Tom, I come to church. That's not being led by the Spirit. Led by the Spirit is you and I being obedient to God himself because we cannot do anything other than. That is the thing that we long for. Why? Because the Spirit of God that lives within us draws us closer to God, draws us to a place of obedience. Verse 16 says, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Folks, when you think of children of God, that means that we act like him, talk like him, live in a a way that that would honor him. I remember growing up, one of the things I never wanted to do was embarrass my parents. By the way, I failed at that, okay? I failed. But ultimately, that was a desire I had was not to embarrass my parents. Why? Because they're my parents. I wanted to live in such a way that my parents would be honored, Unfortunately, I did fail at that from time to time. But why would I do that? Because they were my parents. Folks, if you're a Christian, can I tell you something? Here's here's a good test to see if you're really a believer. Do you really care what God thinks? 
Do you really care what his word says? Do you honestly say, I don't care what the world is doing, and trust me, the world has taken and twisted the word of God in every which way. And by the way, so, has a lot, so have a lot of the churches. They have taken and twisted God's word. But are you one who says, you know what, I believe in the word of God. I believe in what it says, even when it hurts. How many of you have ever read the Bible and go, ouch? Right? Because they were talking directly about what? Us. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. And verse 16 says, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Why? Because our desire is to honor God with how we live. And that can only be done by being led by the Spirit. And I want you to pay attention to this. John chapter 1, verse 12 through 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We have been born, right? We have been born, and we are now adopted. The adoption, that life that we have. But as many as received from them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. We have been given to God through the work of Jesus Christ. Not by your will, not by my will, but by the will of God. You didn't just one day stumble upon God and go, hmm, I think I'll become a Christian. God reveals himself to us. God makes himself known to us. And when God makes himself known to us, we see ourselves as foreigners. That word was mentioned this morning. We were aliens during Sunday school. We're talking about those words and We recognize that God himself, we've been separated from God because of sin. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Have you received him? Have you received him for who he is? These two young men this morning came and said, we have received Christ. We have taken all that he is, all that we understand him to be, and we have received that. We are putting our faith on that, and we're going to live every day moving forward in search of who God is and to know more about him, to grow in him. Why? Because he has revealed himself to us. This wasn't done by the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God himself. We're children. We want to honor our Father. If we're truly children, we want to honor our Father. We want to live in a way that would bring honor and glory to God, our Savior. And if we're children, I want us to go back to verse 17 in Romans 8. And let's see what it says. And if children heirs also heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. 
My friend, if, if you are not looked at differently, if you have not lost friendships, if you have not lost acquaintances, if you have not lost opportunities at work because of your faith, either you work for a Christian company or you're not much of a Christian. Did you catch that part? One of the two, because if you're truly going to live for Christ, you are going to suffer. You are going to have issues in the workplace and with your friends and with those of your past because you're nothing like them anymore. You are a child, and if you are a child, then you will suffer with Christ. Folks, you are not good enough, and you never will be good enough without the hand and work of God. And the Bible says when we have received him, we have been given righteousness. You didn't earn it. God just stamped it upon you. So if he has given me that, then why would I not be willing to suffer right along with him? You should look at these. Christ's family does his will. Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, verse 46 through 50 says, While he was still speaking to the crowds, behold, his mother and brothers were standing outside seeking to speak to him. So this is Mary and this is her other children who have come. They're wanting to speak to Christ. And someone said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak to you. But Jesus replied to the one who was telling him and said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And extending his hand toward his disciples, he said, behold, my mother, my brothers, whoever does the will of my father who is in heaven, he is my brother and my sister and my mother. My friend, you say, well, I want to be a part of Pine Island. Y'all a bunch of nice people. Yeah, but here's the problem. You can't really be a part of God's people unless you yourself are following after God. To be a believer, you are chasing after the will of God. You are obeying the will of God. You're living differently. You're not like everybody else. Jesus said, for whoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my brother, sister, and mother. I'm a brother because of adoption. I've been adopted in because of the blood of Christ. I am a part of the family of God. You want to be a part of the family of God, it's it's not through your hard work. It's, it's not through your generosity. It's not by joining a church. It is by understanding, as I shared at a funeral yesterday, you and I are wretched without Christ. And when God reveals himself to us, we recognize our wretchedness and we cry out, Abba, Father. We find that God has already paid the price, taken care of what needed to be done through his son, Jesus. So what does that do for us? This should change who we are. And I'm going to read this in 1 John 3, 10. It says, by this, children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Now listen, got to pay attention here. 
Because as many people as are here this morning, I imagine there are going to be some who are children of God and children of the devil. You're like, well, don't you dare call me children of the devil. That might be the first hint. By this, the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness, don't catch that part. Practice righteousness, okay? You watch these athletes that are really, really good. They didn't just get good overnight. They practiced. They put in the time. They hit the weight room. They hit the, uh, the track. They did all of these things to make sure they were doing everything just right to prepare their bodies to go and play a professional sport. And, and they prepared themselves, and they're out there, and they're ready because they have been practicing constantly. It has become their life. It's everything. And we pay hundreds of dollars to go and watch people play a sport, and yet we don't catch what the Bible just said right there. Folks, you should be just as busy being a believer as they are being whatever sport they're supposed to be. The way we talk, the way we walk, the way we breathe, (laughs) everything about us should point people to Christ. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother and sister. One of the things that attracted me to my wife was I knew a lot of her story. I knew a lot of her life. And the tough things that she was brought up in, it had not jaded her. It had not made her angry. But instead, she wanted to love the Lord and serve the Lord and do the things that God had called her to do. She was ready to be obedient to wherever God wanted to go except for Africa. Right, y'all? We we talk about this all the time. She wasn't going to Africa. Y'all, where has she been? She'd been to Africa, right? Never tell God no, okay? But what attracted me to my wife was her spirit. It was who she was. I'm telling you, to go through all the things that she had been through and yet still come out loving God, still come out seeking God, wanting the best for everybody. Folks, that's the type of woman that you want, someone who is willing to put aside everything that bothers them and say, you know what, I just want to serve the Lord. I just want to give God everything. At church, at church, People want to be able to walk into a church and see that, that there is love for one another, that there is forgiveness when hurts are there, that, that there is an ability to walk together, to practice righteousness together. But if you walk into a church and you find that people don't love each other, that's not a very attractive church. That is not a church that you want to attend because, well, apparently I got to sit on this side because I'm friends with this person, but I can't sit on that side because she's not friends with that person or he's not friends with that person. Folks, I've been to church like this. I have pastored churches like this. You want to show that you're a child of God? Love your brother and sister. Love each other. Love each other. Forgive each other. Even if it's not your fault. Y'all like that part? 
Be honest real quick. I want to ask this question, and I want, I want an honest answer, so you have to raise your hand. Who in here other than Brother Tom struggles with being able to see their own faults? I'll just go ahead and put my hand up. Okay. There you go. Very good. Very good. All right. Now, those of you that did not raise your hand, I will now remove myself from the pulpit and allow you to come up and explain to all of us how in the world you can do it. And then will the rest of us will take notes. That's right. We hate admitting when it's our fault. I'm, I'm just telling you. When things go south, man, the first thing you want to do is look for somebody other than what? Yourself to blame. Anybody other than me. You want to, you want to be a good brother and a good sister? Start by looking in the mirror. Start every day by looking in the mirror and going, gee, we, we got stuff to work on. You me tell you how you know you're really a good brother and sister? You don't recognize the faults of your others so much. Instead, you're too busy trying to correct your own to start looking at the speck in your brother's eye. A good family, a good family learns to set differences aside as long as they're not theological, doctrinal. They can debate those. You know, you can get along with each other without having to agree on every single item. But there are some things that keep us from worshiping together, but we're still family. We've got to learn to put differences aside and love each other. A good family doesn't look to see who's the best. They celebrate everybody. Y'all catch that part? They celebrate everybody. They don't try and break apart other groups. You know, like, well, okay, this is my group over here at church. Y'all aren't as good as us. You're not allowed in our little group. That's not real Christianity. Real Christianity says, I don't have a group. I just have brothers and sisters. We're family. We got to figure it out. Love one another. Love one another. If you have something against your brother or your sister, you know what you're supposed to do? Go talk about them. Isn't that right? Okay, let me change that. What do we normally do when we have problems with our brother or sister? Oh, now y'all just confessed it. See, y'all laughed at me for saying it, but now y'all are guilty. The truth is, if I have something against my brother or my sister, I'm supposed to go to them. I'm supposed to take care of it. As we discussed last week, because if you don't, it becomes a cancer, and cancer spreads really fast. So, We honor God first by loving his son. God has given us his son, and we are called to love him. We honor God by loving one another. Loving one another. We love God by sharing our adoption story.
Maybe you've never felt like you belonged anywhere. Maybe you thought, man, nobody will ever receive me. I'm just an outcast. Nobody wants my background. Nobody wants my past. If you're worried about people judging you based upon your past, the very people that will be judging you are the people who probably have a worse past than you, and they're just looking for something to keep from having to look in the mirror. I don't care what you have in your past. I don't care where you come from. I would rather serve alongside somebody who has the longest laundry list of the past that you've ever seen in your life than somebody who thinks they're better than that person who has the long laundry list. Because the person with the long laundry list understands grace. Maybe you're here today and you say, well, Brother Tom, I want to be adopted. What do I have to do? Absolutely nothing other than to receive what's already been done for you. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. It's Christ or nothing. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. Trust today that you are wanted not just by Pine Island, but more importantly than Pine Island, you're wanted by God. His desire is for you to walk with him. His desire for you is to spend eternity with him, but you can't do it as long as you remain in our wretchedness. Come to Christ. Receive the beautiful free gift of what he did for you. Taking your place on the cross going to a borrowed tomb, rising again on the third day, ascending 40 days later to the Father, and now waiting, waiting to hear, son, go get your children. Go get my children. If that's the very God that you believe in today, if that's the son that you believe in, then you can be saved. Father, we thank you that you love us, We thank you, Father, that you allow us into a family that we don't belong. You said, I'm not worried about that. I'm going to make a way for you. I'm going to make a way by giving my son. Father, we thank you for your work. We thank you for the work of Christ. And we thank you, Father, that You don't look beyond our sin. You don't go, oh, I never saw it. No, 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 you you saw the sin. You saw it. And you said, I don't want the separation. I will send my son. Then we own up to our sin. And we confess that sin. The Bible says that we confess our sin, that you are faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, today, we want to be family. And that starts by giving our life to Christ. Lord, have your way and your will in this service. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Let's stand together.